Hey Coop. Yeah, Dylan? Do you remember? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, Dylan. It was very good. It was very good. Very oh. good song. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hello everybody. Welcome back to the dudes who remember Matt Cross. Um, as always, I'm Coop with you know this this gentleman this this gentleman who does the song. Dylan, that's me. That's you. That's you. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> how, how have you been? It's 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 been it's it's it hasn't been like a week, but it's like been a week. It's it's been time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past week went by pretty quickly, mainly because I had the uh, the unique leisure of being able to just watch Tim Rogers' nine hour long. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 video while at work. Um, it really got me through the work week. Kind of saved my life. Uh, it, I mean, the the week wasn't that bad, all mm-hmm. things considered. But uh, by the end of it, I was ready to clock out. I get um, you. And so I, I was actually able to get out early. So, so so you made Tim mad and did it the way he told you not to do it? <laughs> ha! Fool that you are, for I was going to do it the way Tim Rogers suggested. And here's a little spoiler for the review, if you think, if, you, if you're the type of person who thinks a YouTube review can have spoilers. Um, the first video I picked of the two that he, um, you know, so for people who don't know, uh, Tim Rogers has a nine-hour review of Cyberpunk 2077. However, he does say that um, in part one, he says parts two through uh, seven are all, um, you know, different riffs on, like, a review. So, like, pick two and then skip to part eight. Um, the first part I picked, which I believe was part uh, six? Mm. It, it it's it's story five, but like in the playlist, it's video six. Um, he at the end of it is kind of like, I know you're watching all these. That that's fine. I kind of secretly want you to. I, I you know I just said that thing in part one because I didn't want you know people to make fun of me <laughs> for how long this video is. <laughs> so I watched that, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch the other part I wanted to watch, which was coincidentally the part after that one Mm. and then i went back to the first uh story and just watched it all in sequential order (laughs) i've so jokes on you i got the hidden secret ending there you go i i've been kind of just jumping around and having it on as i fall asleep Mm -hmm. and falling asleep at different points and then trying to remember where i was so that's kind of been my experience with that one um feel like that's an equally valid experience yeah and also like the intro to the first part made me go tim just don't take two weeks off just take like a whole month off because it looks like you've been killing yourself to make this like he goes on about working a normal 40 hour work week for a while but then he goes on about oh yeah i worked all these hours and i'm like tim tim i've also seen your tweets like 
You did, you need to yeah, chill. You got to the part where he uh, he he talked about his hospitalization, right? Yeah, he talked that he'd been in mm-hmm. there quite a bit recently. So I know at the end, I remember at the end of the first part too, he was about to go in for a procedure, and then his insurance was like, nah, and he's running. Yeah. And they also deciding, well, I got to put this up at parts, and I'm like, may, sir. I, I, uh, Tim, if you had to, I know you don't want to, if you want to do for like some semblance of a schedule that makes you not dead, take one of those consultancy jobs you didn't like again on the side or something. And Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. uh, Like Patreon money is kind of weird. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like at that point, you're kind of like locked in, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is making like, because I think somebody did the math. He's like making 13 grand a month. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's kind of locked in right now. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a, it's a rough situation to be in, I think. And I feel, I, part of me feels bad for saying, Tim, you should do this. When he's made mm-hmm. it pretty clear, please don't tell me to do this. I know you're being mm-hmm. well-intentioned, but please. And I'm like, okay, just, just Tim, retail work just is hard, too. Just leaving on the table. That's, I'll say that while I'm here, Tim. Retail work is hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, I, I don't think he was being demeaning towards no, retail workers I know. when he said that. Yeah. It, it, I, I put myself in his boots. You, mm-hmm. you can, you can kind of see a little bit just from the position where like the 13, like what he does is very hard. I'm not saying it's not, um, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see when you're in your own box alone all the time doing that kind of stuff. Sometimes the blinders can come down like the t- not the blinders but like the tunnel vision a little bit and with how much he's been working i could see you know but twitter's also really not a great platform for talking about complex and detailed thoughts because i, I the, think yeah I, I mean i think it's partly that i think people are also just being really reactionary yeah that's kind of what Twitter has set people up to do. You have a good point. Not not to mention that right now working in retail or the service industry, there's a lot of people are pretty fed up with things, understandably so. Yeah. So it's 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 it is it is a variable shit uh what's that thing you have at Thanksgiving? Cornucopia of things. So who knows? It's a it's a poopy cornucopia. Um, but yeah, lovely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> smells of roses. Um, only other thing I could think of before we talk specifically Macross is I had a new article go up on uh, Zimmerit.moe. They're kind of uh, uh, focused on garage kits and eighties and nineties and earlier topics in anime. Um, and I was talking about that little Shin Kamen Rider. N- not the one that Hideaki Anno's doing, but the one that's all fleshy and gross. The it... true Shin Kamen Rider. <laughs> Shin Kamen Rider. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. So, that's up there if you guys want to go check it out. Um, 
Reception's been pretty it's a very good. good article. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know back up my friend here and be like, yeah, you you guys should check yeah. it out. Even if like you only have a passing interest in Common Rider, <laughs> I think if you have any kind of fascination with uh the, the this kind of fringe nerd media in Japan and how it was distributed uh over the course of the eighties and nineties, I I I learned a bit here. I thought it was really cool. Woo! I was educational! Yay! <laughs> uh, also, I do have to... I also... Because I'll take the praise for my name being on the article, but I also always have to thank uh, Sean over at Zimmer a ton mm-hmm. because I'd be nothing without that. Uh, it, dude, working with a great editor is always great, so uh, he's fantastic. So thanks again, Sean, for giving me a chance to write on the site and working with you as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the personal stuff I can think of. Um, so, so guess what they announced right after we recorded last week, Dylan? (sighs) Yep. Uh I can't believe the timing was so wrong. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so. What got announced, Coop? So, Macross Plus the movie edition is coming to theaters in the United States on December 14th and ticket sales open on November 12th. So holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it. Yep. We're, we're in it. It's, uh, first model kits. Can't wait for, do you remember love next? Yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I have, uh, there's been some like rough talk that the new Delta movie might be next. Which makes me go, okay, but you should put out the first Delta movie first or do the Frontier. I would, if you're asking me, it's like, I think Do You Remember Love is like complicated because Toho is also involved, but. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's never going to be easy for that uh, one, is it? uh, um, But uh, you put out a Frontier movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's that's probably the way I'd go is put out the Frontier movies and work your way up to it and then if something's get cleared up, put Do You Remember Love out there. But yeah, that's exciting. We'll see if I can make it happen. Um so I I know you might be able to since you're in the 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 metropolitan area. <laughs> hey. Oh, it makes me wish yeah. being makes me miss being in the Phoenix area because damn, damn, it'd be an Uber right away. We'll see if I go see it. I'd lo- I I may I may just do the move of I'm gonna buy a ticket and we'll see if I'm there or not. But they still get my money, so more Macross things can happen. So we'll 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 see how it goes. Um, so. Because uh, uh, Gwen and some of the other people who've worked officially uh, with Big West on Macross Productions are all like, you should go see it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's basically the wink, wink, nudge of, of I totally worked on this, so you should go see it. And I'm like, okay, okay. I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing here, Gwen. I, I know. I see what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's... That's exciting. So hopefully we'll we'll see how that all pans out. But yeah. So. But anyways, 
uh, moving on from a movie. I think it's time. Yes. We're ready to light the dynamite, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so it's going to blow. Uh, we start with episode three, and it does blow up in our face just a little bit before we get to the good explosion. So we already went into it last time with stuff with Mylene. So we pick up there. Um, but Vefidas and Ray have punched through a wall and rescued her. Um, and Guvaba was like, hey, Guvaba got them. So, yeah. The Ray's an asshole because he's like, oh, I guess you learned something. And I'm like, really, Ray? Really? Right. Like, I I, I kind of wanted to be like, man, shut the fuck up. So, in, like, the most, in the most, like, charitable, um, this is probably what they meant to convey read of this scene. Um, Ray is trying to console her by saying, uh, no, no, I, I, I can't even, like, Ray, that, that's a shitty thing to say. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just like, really? Really, Ray? Really? Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy I, I don't. when something that intense just happened. Yeah, and I, I think in at least these two episodes, I think I think people forgot how to write Ray. So I, th- I yeah. think that's something I noticed. But well, we're just going to put all that stuff off in a corner because now we in the good stuff. Now we in the good stuff, my boys. Right. Um, I guess before we get to the good stuff, it's just so weird to me that, like, that entire plot point is, like, as quickly discarded as, you know. Yeah. It's almost like we didn't need it at all. No. Which, didn't need it at all. Which, which, as I was mentioning last time, I really enjoyed the rest of these episodes, and this definitely right. could be cut. That That nasty shit could be cut. And this could also be cut into a solid movie. Like, I'm saying that right yeah. now. I'm saying that right now. Um, yeah, because that nasty stuff was just unnecessary. But, all right. I think I think we put that in its corner. It's there. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go. Um, so, we're back on Zola. Um, we pick up right where Basara left off. He's exploring the graveyard and looking around and Graham's talking about how the whales come here, uh, after they make their traveling for 7,000 years and Basara ends up finding more art that matches what's at the, at, uh, Graham's house. And he's like, Oh yeah, that was left by our ancestors. Um, and then Elmo's little snaky buddy, fuzzy snake buddy Cappy gets all spooked by the graveyard and Elma wakes up as a result and Cappy's like oh I can read this ancient uh, writing uh, sitting in the ruins here and then up above up in the atmosphere the poachers and the cops continue to fight within the pressure the whales are giving off and uh the poacher captain realizes that the white whale knows that the cops are protecting them. And, uh, he's like, we're going to have to use something else. And they end up folding away. And as, uh, as they're doing that, as they're beginning ready, uh, Liza manages to hijack one of the poachers Valkyries and hop on the ship. 
So Alma is going through the legends on this wall. The white whale is apparently millennia old, and it's tasked with protecting the other whales as they make their 7,000-year journey. And it's um, by the people, uh, Elma's people in the past, their ancestors, it's been regarded, um, it's been feared and also regarded as a god. So, woo. Um, Though Graham, he doesn't regard it as such. Uh, He thinks it's... uh, (laughs) <laughs> just looking for the right place to die. Um, and Graham's like, I'm going to help it along. And Barsara's like, nah, I'm going to let that thing fly free. I don't care what, what it's doing. I'm just going to play for it. And he starts talking about how much he loves the whales. Um, and uh, Graham tries to go a bit further, and then Barsara's like, you know, you're just projecting on the whales, you know. You, he, you, they don't want to die. You're talking about yourself, dude. And then he jumps. Neki Basara, musician and psychologist. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and he jumps deeper into the graveyard. Hey, and we have some Macross Plus music playing around this time. And uh, I think it's information high. No, it's the uh, the video store watch order. It's the um, the big oh, yeah. hologram concert dealio. Um, that song fucking shreds whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the poacher's base, um, or it's like the smuggler's base, and we have Fire Bomber American playing, which is for how sleazy it works. It works. Um, <laughs> And the poachers are trying to buy nukes from the smugglers because they want to nuke the white whale um, so they can get the other ones. And Eliza is watching on from the shadows. And the Tiger King here knows that the whale sentient, he's no chump. And um, hearing this, what the science guy, Lawrence, had said to Eliza comes back to her. And so... Um, after a little talking with the car dealer there, um, the poacher captain gets those nukes. The smugglers um, end up finding Eliza, um, and she just manages to get away after taking, like, literally two heavy metal shutter doors, like, slam on her head, and she manages to get out and just barely get away in a VF-19 with a full booster, she ended up taking uh, taking off um, the stash there. Um, but she's she's pretty doing pretty not not great not great. Though I do love I do love uh, that when she's booting up the fold booster, it says searching, but it's spelled S E R instead of its uh, <laughs> traditional spelling. So it's it's mwah. so. Uh, as she's just managing to fold out, she's obviously surrounded by poachers and smugglers. And as she gets in, she radios in to base, um, asking how Bizarre is. But everybody's like, "Oh, he's gone. He's gone." Um, speaking of, he Bas- dipped. Yep, he dipped. He he dipped from the dip. Ha 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 ha. So. Basara's trying to get that busted Valkyrie around, but it's obviously a lost cause. 
and Graham lands uh, just as he's finishing up from a fishing trip. And Basario starts doing his thing, and Elma joins in with him. And uh, Graham is starting to prep the boat to head back up. And he's like, so, Basaro, why'd you come here? And Basaro's like, I just came where the wind was blowing. And it was a pretty comfy wind, too. And <laughs> Basaro. Um, and as he continues to play, um, Graham starts thinking of his wife's song and her passing. And then he is like, okay, Basaro, why do you sing? But he doesn't have time to answer as Liza crashes right near the house looking for Basara. And uh, as she's limping out of the Valkyrie, she's like, how can you move? And um, and and also, more importantly, why are you singing? And shortly, like just to cut to the chase, Elma's like, so he's actually that Basara guy from Firebomber. And Eliza's like, oh, the proto-deviling stuff, you beat those guys up, you defeated them. And Basara's like, I didn't defeat them. No, bro, I just played my song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a musician. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and Eliza's like, so is this a sound force operation? And he's like, no, I just want to sing, homie. It's like, what are you talking about? Um and so she then goes on to tell him, hey, the poachers want to nuke the whale. And Basar and Graham are like, yep, no, that's not happening. And uh, Graham starts going on again about the whales. And Liza's like, just knock it off already. You know, I know it was rough after mom died, but seriously. And he goes on talking about how the whales have profound sadness in their eyes. And... Liza uh, then gets a radio for orders to head back up to join the fight again. And um, Basara's like, hey, uh, Elma, so where's your dad's old space suit? I need, I'm going to go up with him. Um, so back at the music store, he throws in a cassette playing Elma. Uh, he, being the music store guy, throws in a cassette of Elma's uh, mom's song. And Graham is taking off, and Basara tries to hop on, but Graham just throws him aside like a ragdoll. And uh, we go to the cops getting ready in their Valkyries. So Larry has uh, the song going through the uh, speakers of the Valkyries, of the cops' Valkyries, that is, to study the reaction. And on the way to the base, Elma's driving, and Liza and Basara have all just piled into the truck. And uh, Basara picks up um, the song, the mom's song, pretty fast. And uh, and Elma gets so excited about it, they almost fall off the road before they're, you know, it turns into a boat. And Graham is up, gets up into space. He's like, I'm ready to fulfill my mission. And Elma's telling Eliza about everything that happened. And he's like, and she's like, what about a hot spring? Are you talking about um, but anyway, so the poachers are setting the nuke into place, but it's going to take a bit because the, uh, smugglers gave them kind of a dud. So they got to mess with it for a while. So Basara is about to hop in a Valkyrie with Liza, 
but notices that the science guy has uh, tricked out Valkyrie to go up himself, and he's like, hey, bro, I'm going to borrow this. Um, and uh, Lawrence is like, oh, so you're okay. You're going to sing for the whales, right? And Bizarre's like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah of uh-huh. course, dude. The whales Who are Who do cool. you think I am? Whale Stan Neki Basara. <laughs> Fucking loves those space whales. Yep. Can't get enough of them. Mm-hmm. So he just takes off. He, you know, yeah, the boy says fire as is customary. Um, and we learn a little bit that this is like a prototype Valk, too. Um, so everybody is now on the scene. The poachers are still prepping the nuke. And Graham is still going on about freeing it from its pain and looking into his self-conviction. And uh, as always, Graham's definitely projecting on the whale. And then we got some interesting cuts here because as Basara finally joins in, he's like, listen to my song. But then it cuts to band practice and Ray's like, you know... I wasn't supposed to tell you this, Mylene, but uh, Gamlin went after Basara, and you should probably go to, you know, make your mind up on these things. Maybe, I don't know, grow up one more step. Just like, huh, okay. Um, And then Basara says, listen to my song. Um, And then it cuts again to Gamlin going around town. On Sola with a photo looking for Basara. And I just love when he describes Basara to people. He's just like, yeah, he goes around screaming, listen to my song. Have you seen him? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair. Yeah. (laughs) I feel feel like that is probably the most apt and to the point way of (laughs) asking a stranger if they've met Basara. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's good. Um... And like a really smart cut here, the music guy is walking right out of the store as they cut to black. So it's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Aside from like the stuff with Ray Ray being a shit in the beginning, uh, this episode was really solid. Yeah. Honestly, no complaints. Mm. Really a lot of setup for the next episode. But um, yeah, I I don't have a lot to say about it, Mm. unfortunately. Um, The action scenes with Liza were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's really about it. Uh, although I will say the last scene made me excited for some light, uh, gambling fish out of water, uh, situations, yeah. uh, which like they don't, they don't play up too much, but like, I feel like there's just enough there where he's like whales. What? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm confused, but okay. Right. I came to the party late. I don't know why everyone's already unconscious. What is going yeah, on? Uh-huh. But all right, let's just move on into this last one. That's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Larry gets a report that three of the whales are making their way down into the atmosphere, heading for the planet. And this has never happened in his or any of the people on the force's lifetime before. And Elma is with him. It's like, oh, they're heading for the graveyard. And then back on City 7. Oh, boy. So it's a firebomber concert with just Ray and the fetus. The Ray solution is to put cardboard cutouts of Sarah and Mylene on the stage and hook the microphone up to a boombox. <laughs> it is hilarious. 
<laughs> like, I love how they have hologram technology, but, like, nothing more sophisticated than here's a cardboard cutout yeah. waving their arm. It's good. Uh, I do, I do... <laughs> like, like, really quick, like, in the fucking 2010s, we had the Tupac hologram yep. and Miku Hatsune. This is true. Hatsune Miku, whatever. Uh... <laughs> Oh, you know, this would be, like, funny for just us, but if they do one uh-huh. of those Amiku Hatsune-style shows for Macross, but they, um, whenever they do a firebomber bit, they just bring out real-life cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Which, who knows? I, uh, wait. Wait, no, I, I like the idea of Miku is Miku. Like, she, she is herself, but she's Dan. Like, other Vocaloids get involved in their cardboard cutouts. Yes. Uh-huh. I like that idea. <laughs> um, and something interesting, because we do cut back to these cardboard cutouts every once in a while. Did you notice that these were 3D models with a texture over the front? <laughs> No. Yeah. Oh, God. Let me pull this up now. Um, I think you see it more as the episode goes on. But I noticed it was, uh, I think, just to make it easier on the animators, it was literally just a 3D model that did all the movement. And then they just put the texture mm-hmm. of the illustration over top. Oh, shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're totally right. Yep. <laughs> it's like... Okay, I see what you're doing. That's clever. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, now we've had that revelation. Um, Basara has started singing, and he's sounding a little weird, a little garbled on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. And Basara ends up... I wonder up, if it's because of the, the Valkyries uh, transceiver just being old as fuck. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, and they're also like in the boonies, so who knows. Um, mm-hmm. So Basara uh, lands next to Graham's like, I'm going to stay next to you this whole time. And the nukes are being armed. And as Graham is trying to do his thing, uh, he gets more frustrated that Basara is like directly getting in his way. And the poetry captain is like, I'm using this opportunity um, while they're goofing around to go have my guys get the other whales. But the cops catch on very quickly. And Elma's with science guy, uh, Larry. And she's like, so are you dating my sister? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then he also realizes that Basara is Basara. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Chiba's why I did all my work. I love that guy. And he runs off to the lab. Yeah. It's like, of course, of course. Everyone should love Chiba. Uh-huh. He got nominated for the Space Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it may not have been said, but now this is, I say, I say this is canon. It's truth. I believe it. Um, and so back up on everything, back up in the scramble, um, Basara and Graham are getting tossed around quite a bit. And Basara like, is like, hey, it will go on its own when it goes, um, trying to stop him. And again, Basara's like, 
calls him out again for projecting on the whale. Because Bizarre's like, I look in his eyes and I see a spirit there. Uh, it's it's pretty strong, my dude. Um, and Larry goes on to show Elma all the stuff he has about the whales. And she's like, oh, this is just like the painting I saw from the graveyard. Like, back home. And uh, Larry gets word that the whales have changed course. It's like, I'm going after him. You're coming with me, Elma. And uh, he notices that the magnetic pole in the forest is starting to grow. And the whales uh, break through the atmosphere. And Larry and Elma end up taking a chopper that way. And here we go. Gamlin is just walking around town with his fun little drink as the local radio drama is playing over the um, playing over the loudspeaker, which I got to say, it's a really weird version of Romeo and Juliet. So it's like, what's going on in this? <laughs> oh, you guys are just right. goofing around because nobody I have a feeling uh, the sound director's like, we actually have no dialogue. So do you actors just want to goof around for 10 minutes and just do something? So that's like no one's gonna pay attention to this. <laughs> I was so I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, Gamble's just walking around with his fun drink, and the sirens then start to start to go off, advising people to take shelter. Gamble's confused by the sirens going off, and you talking about that being funny. One of the lines I caught of caught up was. You're not a marsupial, so that's why we can't get married. <laughs> it is, oh boy, that. Mm. But anyway, it is next level, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people in town uh, get blown around a little bit, and Gammon is taken aback by the sight of the whales, and he runs to his Valkyrie to find the garbled radio signal of Basara singing. And the bandits have finally gotten the nuke ready to go. So the whales are going to the graveyard, and it's now glowing as they're circling it. And it was kind of this I noticed, because they mentioned how it's valuable in making spaceships. Did you notice how the whales, like especially these ones, kind of look like Centrati ships? Because I was like, for a second, are you... Are, it's like, I know it's not like anything, but it's like... Mm, they turned whales into spaceships. Hmm. They they do they did look especially in that one shot they looked vaguely reminiscent of these Entrati ships. Yeah. So which um yeah either they turned the whales into ships or they modeled the ships after the whales. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. I that, that's yeah, just uh, but who knows? That's just cool though. Um. So on the chopper. With Larry and Elma. He's getting pretty antsy with the whales going around and making a big fuss. And uh, Gamma shows up just as the nuke is about to be fired. Um, Gam- uh, Graham tries to go in and knock the missile away, but he just drifts on by. And apparently there's no reaction so far. And then we cut back to the concert, and this is where I noticed the, <laughs> the 3D cardboard. Um, and... Uh, the, as they're finishing up, uh, the fetus throws her sticks into the audience, and everybody wants an encore, but it's not going to happen. So she just hits a gong. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Honestly, I'm kind of. I thought that was kind of sweet, though, that they were. 
asking for an encore from the drummer and the guitarist. Yep. <laughs> and the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and the cardboard cutouts, but it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, so the nuke goes off and it's entirely, and everybody gets pushed back and, uh, Basaris Valkyrie, which is white, gets stained in whale blood. So, huh, that looks familiar now. Um, <laughs> but the whale, the whale's just fine. Like, it, it's like, what, what is this thing? You just popped a zit on me. What are you talking about? Um, and Basara starts playing Angel Voice, and holy shit, that song is great. Um, Angel Voice fucks. Yep. <laughs> That song is so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, boy. Um, as Basaris... Dynamite is just banger after banger. No pun intended. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, as the song is starting, uh, the, Packer, the Packers, they're from Green Bay. The Poachers are shocked. <laughs> hey, maybe they, maybe they roost in Green Bay in the off-season. We don't know. Uh, Listen, they gotta fund the team somehow. You know they love cheese. You know it's a space cheese is a very hot commodity. Um, yeah, but the the poachers are shocked by what happens, but they're gonna push ahead anyways. And Gamlin's like, I have no idea what's going on, but you're gonna listen <laughs> to his song, <laughs> which is great. That's character development. <laughs> it's so good. Um, <laughs> And the captain's like, I'm a whaler, so no. And they plan to ram the whale. But Graham knocks them off course with his ship. And after a little bit, the white whale starts singing along with Basara. And everybody is shocked. Um, and as the song continues on, the graveyard uh, starts swirling in a green vortex that covers the whole planet. And... Um, as it continues, more whales are birthed. Um, they come together like pieces of gum that turn into little baby whales. And the herd is glimmering. And as the song uh, settles down, they fold away. And we go back to the concert briefly. And the fetus is like playing the guitar a little bit. Um, and... Afterwards, after everything's all settled and done, everybody's hanging around the graveyard. And Liza, um, through talking with Larry, Liza realizes, oh, I healed from, like, my head injury? It's all healed because of the whale rays. And he's, Larry's like, oh, I guess the hot springs in the graveyard are correct, uh, connected, given how fast Basara came back from death. Um, and... Liza uh, is like, hey, Larry, you're impressive. Thanks for your help, and walks off. Um, and she's like, yo, you're cool, Basara, whatever. And she finally goes to have a talk with her dad. Um, and she's like, so I guess the whales aren't going to be around anytime soon. And all those poachers are locked up. Well, except for you. Um, so why did you save the whale? And he's like, well, I was repaying a debt. And... But he's like, I'm still going to chase after the whales. And she's, she's like, well, I'll be right behind you trying to arrest you. Um, but he kind of has a stoic grin in response. And he's like, I'll oh, do whatever. Um, 
<laughs> and then Basara takes the moment to uh, hop in the Vulcan, head on off. And Elmo's like, I want to be your disciple still. And he's like, just sing whatever. I'm out of here. <laughs> I love him so much. Yep. And I, I just as he uh, he's taking off, what really got me for a second where uh, uh, where Gannon's like, stop, stop, Chotomate, Chotomate. It's like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Lys is chewing him out about the, about the Valkyrie, and he's just like, "Send the build array on Macross Seven. See you later." Um, oh, that's great. Um, and he then tells Graham, "I'll see you again." And Graham gives a proper grin this time and a thumbs off. And um, it, it, and he's like, "That's a strange dude." And Lysa's like, oh, so you do like him then. Um, and just as uh, Basara is leaving the planet, Mylene shows up and she passes right by him as he's leaving. And she also passes by Gamlin, too. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah. And then back by the graveyard, um, Elma is just whoa she's just giving her best woes it's good um it it starts off kind of like you know rough and out of tune but like i think the the coolest thing the actress does is that like as she keeps doing it she gets a little bit more in tune every time yeah it's good um and we end with a shot on graham saying dynamite it ends with to be dynamite (laughs) that is the fucking best cap on this on the soviet yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man what a good like if, if ever you want <laughs> if ever you have a a character who is like a surly boomer you need to you need to complete their character arc by having them say whatever dumb zoomer thing <laughs> yeah. um the main character is on yeah mm-hmm. boy I wish I had a lot to talk about with these episodes, but it's just it's just really good. Yeah. It's just a really good OVA. Yeah. Um everything everything I said I loved about the first two episodes is still strong here. Um I love the setting. I love the the fucking shots uh in this episode with the whales. Mm-hmm. Um like and they're just flying overhead. Uh crazy. Honestly, so much of this reminds me of the the final scene of Fooly Cooly. I could see that, yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, super high praise coming from me. I love Fooly Cooly. Uh, I wonder if there's something I, I don't know. It, it was just a really fun episode. It was, this was a really fun OVA. Yeah. Like, I, this, this is definitely both, especially when just you, when you soak in the Angel's Voice se- uh, segment and just kind of let it chill because i rewatched it after taking notes because i'm like i need to like just kind of stew with this for a little bit right um i in my mind because after watching the first two episodes i was like eh, but then i remembered after these like oh this is like this ova is both the highest high and the lowest low of macross seven um yeah um it's 
Um, I really the, enjoyed the low, it. The low slow, like as, as we discussed, is like so easily removable that yeah. I would love. Like, I, I think you could very easily do a recut of these four episodes and just have it be nothing but the highs. I would like my brain is like, uh, it's like do what you need to do for you when you're approaching these episodes. But I would almost mm-hmm. say just uh, whenever you see a blonde haired executive type, just skip skip that bit because the rest Mm -hmm. the rest of um this ova is great um Mm -hmm. like it is it is fantastic um i really like it and like we said we talked about our piece about the rough stuff in the last one but is this the last we see a fire bomber yeah yeah all right this is it um damn this was a uh this was a ride. Yeah. Um, damn, I'm, I'm going to miss these stupid kids. Yeah. The next, the next. Yeah, so I guess. If we do see him. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, if we do see him again, it's going to be the Matt Cross Frontier uh, cast watching VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Low key, that's kind of awesome, yep. though. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, uh, God. What what is there to say about Fire Bomber that we haven't already discussed? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because hmm. I feel like I have to say something like through virtue of obligation. It's mm-hmm. almost like we're recording a podcast or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think uh, this in particular was, and I, I talked about this a little bit last time, but it, it was fun to kind of take Neki Basara's basic shtick and put it in an entirely wildly new context. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, just kind of reaffirm, like, yeah, this is just what he's all about. Um, like, you know, he has reasons for singing, but he's not conscious of that. He just loves to sing, so he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he'll... I, I guess I, what I will say is, like, they're... Not gonna, don't don't talk about Tomino. Uh, there there's a a lot more emphasis on nature in this than there was in uh, Macross uh, Macross Seven proper. Mm-hmm. Like you know that 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 is in the original show as well. But like now they're not in an artificial city. They are on like an alien planet, and we spend four episodes getting to. Um, really familiarize ourselves with this completely alien setting. And I think that's awesome. I I feel like they, they, they're given the opportunity to do that even more than because the planet Lux stuff was just, uh, in the series proper was just like, yo, here's the plot. Um, right. And some vision quest stuff here. It's just like, Basara's is just in a place with its own history and happens to get caught up in it. Right. Which is great. Um, yeah, I, I, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and then uh, talk, talking about Mylene for a second, um, scrubbing away, you know, the, the stuff we've already talked about her. Um, I think they don't really do much with her. It, it almost feels like they don't know what to do with her in this OVA. But I, I think, like, you know, her cameos are appreciated when they are appreciated. Um, and... Yeah, I, I think, like, the whole thing that she has to choose between Gamlin and Basara, 
I used to kind of be like, eh, that's kind of dumb. But the more I think about it, the more I feel like, you know, choosing between, like, a more familial bond with Basra, like, they, they bicker like siblings, and a more serious romantic relationship with Gamlin, I feel like that's, like, the, the larger crux of that. Mm. Um, and I think what's kind of fun about that last scene where they're both they both pass her by is like she doesn't actually have to choose you know mm. mm-hmm. like Basra and gamlin love each other <laughs> so that tabloid no, was but... right <laughs> <laughs> i knew that was going to be your first thought yeah. but like no seriously like they like they they've grown on each other so much that like I feel like it's a conflict that she <laughs> she might realize doesn't actually have to exist. Because I don't think... I think even, like, when she has this conflict of choosing between the two, I think... I don't think she has any romantic feelings for Basra. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's kind of a an admiration for, like, the type of person he is. Yeah. And wanting to work with him and be around him. Um and looking at like the early episodes of I- I'm just going stream of consciousness right now, but um, looking at the early episodes of Macross Seven, she had to like kind of downplay her involvement with Fire Bomber and her relationship with Basra, and yeah, I-, I guess it's like that's not something that Dynamite really explores, but mm-hmm. I think it's something that like the more I think about it, the more sense it makes and the less that it really needs to be explored. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything in that like final shot of them just like getting along and Mylene being like, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Kind of says everything it needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other thought that came from my brain was we, when we were talking uh, about wings arena with Russell, he mentioned Mm -hmm. Arjuna was like, so, let me tell you about when uh, Shoji Kawamori got really into scams. Um, and I thought to myself, just with the whale stuff in this for a little bit, it's like, yeah. oh, this is the start. This is the start. But it doesn't matter <laughs> because it's a great uh, Basara story. So... <laughs> Wait, so like... With the whales, how? Like, how does that tie back into the scams? I don't know. My bra- it, it, maybe maybe my brain it, went... It, it makes... I don't know. Maybe it was the Tomino brain rot had me make associations <laughs> that aren't actually there. Um, but <laughs> it just kind of gave me those vibes a little bit for some reason or okay. another. No, I could see it. I could see it. So, yeah. Uh so, um, I guess because we're here, we're here at this place and we've literally finished. You know I like Macross 7, Dylan. I know you like Macross 7. Do you have, like, any parting thoughts on Macross 7? Um, Macross 7 is a messy show. Or, not even messy. I feel like Macross 7 is, like, your mileage may vary wildly, mm-hmm. but I think I admire what it tries to do so much that it kind of transcends the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. That being said, Dynamite 7 is really good. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and yeah, with the, with the obvious caveats that we have made multiple times, I think um, if you, um, if you have seen Macross 7 and, but like didn't feel it so hot 
uh, as to follow up with Dynamite 7. I would recommend checking that out because I feel like it's feels like a refinement of everything mm-hmm. that was in the original Macross 7. I would I almost say if you're interested in Macross 7, um, check out the movie and then go from there uh, with how you mm. feel because that feels the movie feels va- very late stage uh, the TV series and kind of does some mm. similar things to this where it brings Basara yeah. into a place that has really nothing to do with the main plot and he's just kind of mm-hmm. vibing so um, so yeah so I enjoy Macross 7 um, it's I've said it before it's personally my favorite of the entries. I think mostly just because it's so committed to doing its own crazy batshit thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so next time, are you ready to turn everything back to zero? No, but let's do it. Are you ready for a story about the unification war that isn't about the unification war? I don't even know what that means. Uh, will I see will I see Roy and Claudia? You'll see Roy and her brother. Fine. Okay. Okay. Well anyways, um as always, if you wanna go back and listen to some more Macross Seven stuff, or it'll be like, Well I am I am a person of fine taste. And uh, need to go see this Macross Plus movie on December December thirteenth, December fourteenth, and I need to see what these two fine people think of this groundbreaking <laughs> OVA. Uh, you can always look at our whole catalog at Anchor.fm slash Judy Remember, and that's obviously they push everything out on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your platform of choice. And if you wanted to leave us a review or whatever, feel free to. If you want to write at us, drymcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at Dude You Remember. And always, as as always, huge thanks to Chris Eakin, artist, game developer of the game Risk System, for providing the show's key art. To check out more of his work, check out at Risk System underscore game on Twitter. And it's now on everything but PS4. So go check it out. It's a fun time. And... Dylan, Dylan, uh, do yes. you know, have, have you guys found in the tango sector, um, backstage behind the tango sector, are there space whales? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't believe there are space whales in tango. Oh, sector. You, you got to tell Yet. Christine to add them then. This is, this yeah, I'll send a DM to them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like. Consider. Consider. Send space the uh, Angel's Voice. Yes! Like Angel's Voice music video without context. Yes! And then I get blocked on all forms of social media. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like Christine would at least get a chuckle out of yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, I'm involved in a show called Tango Sector. It is season two of The Unexplored Places, an actual play podcast. Um, this season we are playing the with the system scum and villainy that's what it's called um and uh yeah we we play a bunch of uh kind of roguish space outlaws smugglers um we're at war with the cops it's it's a fun time if that sounds like a fun time to you 
you should uh, check us out at uh, Twitter at UnexploredCast or on uh, unexploredcast.libsyn.com. I'm also involved with Backstage Gaming. It is a podcast where um, I, I talk with our friend Chris, Chris Wilson, um, fellow actor, uh, and we, we discuss uh, video games, basically. Uh, we, we take many different angles, but we, we kind of use our the, the fine arts shit we learned in college to talk about video games from that angle. Um, and if that sounds cool to you, you can check us out there um, at BSG underscore cast on Twitter. We are also we also have a website, www.bsgpod.com. Um, and yeah, that's that's all I'm going to plug. You know, I, as you're talking about that, I was thinking uh, of an episode where you guys talk about We Fit and you're having a normal conversation but on Chris's end, it's just he's just flexing into the microphone. <laughs> God damn it. Also, if you find if you follow Chris Wilson on Twitter, you'll get a lot of gym selfies. And that man is jacked. Mm-hmm. He's so jacked. He's jacked, too. 2004. <laughs> that is so dumb. Yep, it's stupid. Um, for more dumb shit like that, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Rider Strike. Um, and for uh, he he lied when he said he won't tweet about it more. But for more uh, sin and punishment takes, where can oh they God. find you? I didn't lie, but if you want to uh, find me on Twitter where I will occasionally tweet about random shit, um, you can follow me at the Dilla. That is T-H-A underscore D-I-L-A. Well, alrighty. Alrighty. We, we're done. We're out of here. We'll see ya. We'll see ya when you, when you put your, put your watch to zero o'clock and tell me about things. We'll see you there. Bye-bye. So, I... Before before we stop recording, Russell, you you and Russell talking about Macross Zero has made me very trepidatious on Macross Zero. I have no clue what to expect. That'll be exciting. We'll see you next time, guys. Yes. Bye, 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 bye.